The presenting sponsor of Behind the Beak is Down in Front Productions. DIFP is a video production company located in Birmingham, Alabama that strives to provide high-quality video services for your business or event at very competitive prices with a personal approach. They specialize in sporting events, weddings, and business videography, but also provide recording and video editing work for other events such as seminars, commercials, and concerts. Give Dustin and the crew a call at 205-588-0868 or visit them at difpbham.com. That's D-I-F-P-B-H-A-M.com to see how they can help you. Down in Front Productions, the presenting sponsor of Behind the Beat. Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tyler Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. I'm Tyler Brown, alongside my co-host, Avery Davis, and today is Tuesday, October 27th, and this is episode number 45 of the series. In a few minutes, I'll sit down with assistant cross-country and track coach Roger Cook. He's new to Coach Matt Boone's staff and is excited for the future of the JSU programs, and fantastic time talking to him his interview in just a few moments but first a few quick notes and some news last week's guests were men's and women's head basketball coaches ray harper and rick petrie the two previewed the upcoming basketball season and told us about the difficulties covid19 has presented to the programs over the past few months to listen to previous episodes behind the beat can be streamed at jsugamecocksports.com podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify and on soundcloud Last week, the Jacksonville State football team scored a big win over Florida International, 19-10. It was the first FBS win for the Gamecocks since defeating Georgia State, 32-26 in overtime in 2013. And it was the first win for an FCS team over an FBS team in 68 games dating back to 2019 when the Citadel won over Georgia Tech. Zarek Cooper left after the second series of the game with an injury and Zion Webb took over. Completed 12 passes for 103 yards, and Josh Samuel, the running back, had a fantastic game. He rushed for a career-high 163 yards and a touchdown. That earned him the Stats Perform National Player of the Week honors for his showing. And Uriah West in the backfield picked up 116 yards on 24 carries. Avery, did you have a chance to watch the game on Saturday? Yeah, and it was a great game. Uh, The Gamecocks really dominated the game. Uh, If you look at the stat column, maybe a five-minute stretch where they were able to block the field goal and go down and score uh, to make the game 16-10. to 10. Uh, But you lose a player like Zarek Cooper early on, and then Zion Webb is able to come in, lead a touchdown drive, and then the Gamecocks were just able to take the fight to the Panthers basically all night and just came away with a great win to finish off this 2020 campaign. Another great showing by the freshman kicker, Alan Karadzic, had four field goals in that one. He missed his first field goal of the season on a blocked field goal late in that one, but ended up kicking the last field goal of the game to make it 19-10 to to put the game out of reach with 2.35 left in the fourth quarter. So a fantastic game after FIU opened up with a 20-yard six-play drive that resulted in just a 37-yard field goal to put the Panthers up 3 to nothing. 
The Panthers did not lead after that as Alan Karadzic tied the game 3-3 with a 30-yard field goal in the first. In the second, Josh Samuel added his touchdown, a two-yard run with 11.43 left to put the Gamecocks up 10-3. Karadzic tacked on back-to-back field goals in the second and third to put the Gamecocks up 13-3 and 16-3. Florida International threatened in the third with just two minutes left. A six-yard passing touchdown brought the Panthers within six. Then Alan Karadzic put it out of reach in the fourth with his final field goal of the night. Jacksonville State ends the fall portion of their schedule with a 3-1 record. They go into the spring with their first game set for February 21st at Tennessee State. February 28th, they will host Tennessee Tech at home. March 14th, the Gamecocks go to Martin, Tennessee. And then on March 21st, the Gamecocks will host Southeast Missouri at 2 p.m. March 28th, Austin P. visits Burgess Snowfield. April 3rd, a road game at Eastern Illinois. And on April 11th, With the time to be announced, the Gamecocks are at Murray State. All of those games will be played on Sunday, all except for the Eastern Illinois game, as the plane ride would make it tough for them to get back for class on Monday morning. That game will be played on Saturday. JSU Volleyball released its 2021 spring schedule today. The Gamecocks will play 16 games while hosting eight here at Pete Matthews Coliseum. The season begins Sunday, February 7th at Belmont. The first home match is set for Wednesday, February 10th against Tennessee Tech. The full schedule is available now at jsugamecocksports.com. Last Friday, the Jacksonville State Rifle team was 64 points better than the Citadel in the first of two matches over the weekend between the two programs in Charleston, South Carolina. The Gamecocks posted an aggregate score of 46-21 on Friday, while the Bulldogs tallied a 45-57. JSU opened the day with a 32-02 in small bore and wrapped up the match with a 23-19 in air rifle. And on Sunday, the Gamecocks wrapped up the weekend with a dominating performance. JSU added two more points in the final ledger with a 46-23 on Sunday. The Gamecocks tallied a 23-33 in air rifle and a 22-90 in small bore. The 23-33 mark was the best for Jack State in air rifle this season. The Citadel finished with 22-29 in air rifle and a 21-13 in small bore. In NFL news, Saran Neal played exclusively on special teams as the Bills topped the Jets 18-10 to improve to 5-2 on the season. And it was Troy Main Pope who had one carry for six yards in the Chargers' 39-29 victory over Jacksonville. On special teams, he recovered a fumble with the game tied with a minute 47 remaining in the third quarter. The Chargers' offense would score four plays later to take the lead for good. And Josh Pearson remains on the practice squad for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's time for this week in JSU Athletics history, and this is the week of the longest punts. On October 28, 2006, Zach Walden recorded then-longest punt in JSU history with an 81-yard boom at Tennessee Tech. Then, seven years later at Tucker Stadium in Cookville, Hamish McInnes booted an 86-yarder on October 26, 2013 to claim the new record. And then we go back to October 27, 1904. Jacksonville State football claimed the program's first recorded win with a 37-0 victory over Birmingham College. The head coach at the time was C.A. Holton, And Avery, can you tell me who Birmingham College is now? I would go with University of Alabama, Birmingham is where I would go. That's that's close, but it would be Birmingham Southern. Wow. Birmingham Southern (laughs) now, the uh, former Birmingham College. That does it for everything happening around athletics, and now it's time for today's featured guest. Matthew Boone was named the interim track and cross-country coach on April 28th in place of longtime coach Steve Ray following his retirement and was later confirmed as the new head coach of the Gamecocks. The first move of his new tenure was hiring Roger Cook on September 4th. 
as his assistant coach. Cook previously served as an assistant at Lynn University and Harvard and is a former cross-country runner of the year at LSU where he walked on as a freshman. Now the former Tiger is at Jacksonville State and is ready to take the Gamecock programs to new heights. Here is this week's guest, Roger Cook. Joined on the podcast this week by assistant track and cross-country coach Roger Cook. Roger, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And welcome to Jacksonville State as well. Thank you again. You were hired on back on September 4th. Uh, You're the first addition to Matt Boone's new staff. And so uh, tell me what it's like being in Jacksonville so far. I love it. Um, This is a uh, place that's actually closer to home for my wife and I. Um, I'm from Virginia originally, and my wife's from Louisiana, so this is kind of a good halfway spot for us and puts us next to a good solid airport to kind of, you know, get to and from if we don't want to drive. So uh, we love it. We love small town. Um, Jacksonville State, the family here is uh, welcoming me with open arms, and uh, I'm just really excited to, to, to be here. I'm really excited to kind of get started and, you know, turn this program into to what it should be. And you mentioned uh your wife being from Louisiana, both of you went to LSU, both of you ran at LSU. Tell me about how you guys met. Yeah, so um, so actually I went down there and, and I walked on at LSU, uh, wasn't a scholarship athlete. Uh, she did the same thing. Um, we were one year apart, so uh, I, was a, I was a sophomore when I met her. Um, and we kind of saw each other at practice and started chatting. And, you know, I guess, as they say, the rest is history. And um, yeah, we've kind of, we've been together now. Uh, we're at almost we're four years almost at five and um yeah just doing life <laughs> you were a distance runner your dog's name is miles is that a play on words there well a little bit so you can do it both <laughs> ways right so you have you have so when we got him less miles was the coach at uh-huh. lsu um and so we went there and obviously being both being runners uh miles kind of just just fit and how did you find your way to LSU from Glen Allen, Virginia? Yeah, um, well, I, I, I kind of went down there. You know, everybody does when, when they're looking at schools and all that stuff. They have the, the home schools and they look around in the area and then they kind of do their reach school. Well, LSU just happened to be a reach school for me. And um, I actually knew nothing about it. I got something in the mail for academics. And, um, and uh, my mom was like, hey, let's go check this place out. Went on campus, met with the coach. And uh, the coach was like, hey. You know, you'll have a preferred walk-on spot here at LSU. And, um, you know, again, the rest is history. <laughs> and now you went from being a walk-on to being the LSU cross-country runner of mm-hmm. the year. Tell me about that journey. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, on in the track and field and, and, and distance world and, and cross-country world, uh, LSU is more of a sprint school. It's more of a short, you know, middle distance um, sprint school with jumps and throws and distance kind of took a backseat a little mm-hmm. bit. So, um, so going in there, it was kind of, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was an interesting journey to, to, to kind of find my, my way into the system. Um, you know, but just training hard and I had a really good coach there. I actually had two coaches there while I was, while I was running. Um, one is Mark Elliott, who's the head coach over at Clemson. And the other one was Kadivas Robinson, um, who's the head cross country coach over at Ohio state. So I had some really good leadership from those two guys and, um, you know, with their leadership and everything like that, I was able to kind of progress from where I was in high school to where I was and just so happened that that year I was one of the best runners on the on the team for cross country and you know, put myself there and, and obviously got that award. And you're still an active runner, too? Uh, not as much <laughs> as uh, not as much as I'd like. Right. Um, but I still get around every once in a while and, and, and run with the guys and run with the ladies. And, um, you know, I, I've. I've 
that part of my career is kind of done and I want to put everything and all my energy into these kids and into these you know new kids um, to, to make sure that they have everything that they need to be successful. So you're not taking the Dan Plunkett route? <laughs> no, 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 sir. When you're at LSU, you're running the 5,000 to 10,000. Mm -hmm. And whenever you graduated LSU, you had your degree in teaching mm -hmm. and then went into coaching as volunteer assistant at LSU. Was that something that you had always wanted to do was going to school to be the teacher, to be the coach, or did you just kind of fall into that? So the first part, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to go in and, and, you know, go teaching. I had a lot of good mentors and teachers growing up through high school that kind of inspired me to go that route. Um, and so originally the plan was to graduate, you know, become a teacher, coach on the side, um, and then, you know, do that. The, actually, the college coaching thing never kind of it was never there right away. Um, as I kind of get in, got into college running and, and saw what it was about and the recruiting and the meets and uh, the prestige and all that stuff, being a part of, uh, of, a, of a big university kind of opened my eyes to that. And so I, you know, uh, uh, Coach Robinson, Kadivas KD, uh, my coach, my fifth year, um, allowed me to come on and walk on, uh, not walk on, be a volunteer coach right after I graduated. And, um, you know, and kind of taught me the ropes and allowed me to kind of, you know, learn my way through the system, gave me a couple of runners to start training. And then, you know, kind of took off from there. You spent the 2016-17 season at Hartford. But I think what's most interesting is the last three seasons you were at Lynn University in Boca Raton. Mm -hmm. And you were part of a staff that introduced men's track and cross country. Tell me about what it was like to kind of start from the bottom there and grow that program into a successful program. Yeah. So that was a, that was one of those, I'm, I'm a challenge guy. I, I love challenges. Um, and so when that opportunity, uh, presented itself to me, um, I knew that was going to be a really good fit. Um, obviously most people look at it, they're like, Oh, you're in Boca Raton, Florida. How mm -hmm. nice. And it's like, yes, it is very nice. And being, you know, a mile from the ocean was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, being able to run and, um, you know, I can share it with some, you, uh, some <laughs> pictures, you know, from less us going to the beach in the morning, doing our long runs and everything. But, um, with that, uh, lines with a lot of distractions too, um, and trying to find the right people, uh, to bring into that program, um, was tough at first. And, and, uh, you know, you wanted to make sure, you know, that, that the people that you were bringing in to start a program with were there to run and were there to be focused and be about, um, the culture that we were trying to bring. And, um, I found, uh, 12, wonderful guys um, from all across the country and the world um, that came down um, and the, the first year they believed in the, the the philosophy that we were building, the team that we were building, the culture that we were building. And um, yeah, we had a lot of success kind of that first season um, going from a new program to being, you know, fifth in the conference for the first year, having an all conference runner in the first year, uh, going to that regional meet and having an all region runner. Um, and then that track season, um, you know, following, uh, had a young man run uh, 153 um, for a, a big two-second PR and actually caught the eye of, uh, uh, of an uh, international um, team over in Bahamas. Um, so he's got a Bahamian national citizenship, um, dual citizenship, and was able to kind of run for Team Bahamas in the Carifta Games, which is a big Caribbean championships, and made the finals and was fifth. And um, so we were able to kind of do some cool things in a relatively uh, short amount of time. Um, you know, and so that was that was fun. And obviously starting from scratch is, is a hard thing. And um, coming here and kind of starting not necessarily from scratch, but kind of we're, we've been at the bottom of the conference and kind of building that. I think that's going to, you know, 
my experience at Lynn is going to definitely help me um, to kind of progress this this program in the direction that it needs to go. You're brought on in September, right in the middle of the pandemic. Has this been one of the more challenging seasons that you've ever coached in? Yes, very much so. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to – I don't look at it from a personal standpoint. I look at it from, you know, the people that I'm around. And uh, it's really taken a toll on, on the, the student-athletes. Um, and I know it's taken a toll on all athletes and, and, and across all the sports and all students, you know, at, at, across all the universities. Uh, but this has just been a really tough, um, a tough thing. And um, a lot of these kids that were brought in were brought in by another coach. So you got to change there. Um, they don't have a season, a traditional season right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything's just kind of been thrown up in the air. They're not in class. Uh, you know, they're trying to do things on, um, you know, the computer. And um, so I, it, it's, it's affected me more watching them struggle, um, knowing that they want to be better. They want to do better. They want to work hard. But when you don't have that goal that's kind of looking, you know, looking you straight in the face, it's kind of hard to kind of st- show up motivated every single day when everything is changing. You know, I know if we get a positive test, people have to leave. And if people are contact traced, they have to leave. And so they're missing practice when, when we finally start getting our, our feet on the ground. Next thing you know, something happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, that's been the, that's been the toughest thing for me. Um, you know, obviously like, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm the coach, I'll, I'll figure this stuff out. That's my job to kind of, to kind of navigate it. But the, you know, going home and talking to my wife and just saying, you know, Hey, the, the, the kids are struggling, you know, they're struggling to try to grasp onto something and I got to be that rock. And I always, you know, all the coaches have to be that rock for those student athletes, even when we're going through stuff and mm-hmm. I'm moving and changing locations and trying to, trying to deal with things that are going on in my life. Um, you know, just trying to be that strong force for them and watching them. But, uh, yeah, this is, this has been a tough time. It's been a tough time for the country. And, um, you know, I hope we're on our, our way out, but you know, things are getting crazy again. You know, I would have to imagine something else that's been tough this year is that obviously you and coach Boone are trying to build this program up and that includes recruiting. And so you haven't been able to visit anyone. No one's been able to really visit here. Tell me about the challenges that that's presented for you guys in really just trying to give the program a makeover. Of course. Yeah. So division one has postponed, you know, put us in kind of like a dead period and we can't really do anything until, uh, January right now, uh, that could change again. Um, so doing a lot of, uh, you know, getting, getting used to the zoom calls and the Microsoft teams and all those different types of uh, things and WhatsApp and all the video things that you can kind of do. That's been the big, the big thing. And, um, you know, obviously not being able to bring student athletes on campus is, has been a, that's been a struggle, but, to be really honest, um, we've adapted, you know, and, and again, I, I like challenges and coach Boone loves challenges. And so, um, we've taken this and we, we had a game plan coming in and, um, right now we're putting together, uh, a very, very good class, um, a class that could help us out very, very fast. Um, so I'm very excited and without kind of going into too many details, I'm very excited about the future of this program. Um, I'm very excited about the, the, the kids that have already committed verbally, um, and, uh, you know, and then, and again, the future. So obviously with basketball and football getting as much pub as they do, one of the biggest challenges for them has been scheduling. Uh, you know, there were a lot of last minute schedule changes to football back before we started before this month. And then with basketball, just talking with coach Harper on the podcast last week, uh, you know, they, they're still having games that are getting dropped and they're having to add last minute 
and you look at the calendar and we're less than a month away from basketball season starting on November 24th. And so I'd imagine that there have been some scheduling headaches for you as well. Walk me through that and what you guys have had to kind of deal with. Yeah. So uh, again, our season, um, we're trying to squeeze in. So most people don't realize, most people kind of put cross country and track and all that stuff into kind of one thing, but it's actually, you know, with our women's team, especially we have the cross country season, which is a season by itself an indoor season, which is a season by itself and an outdoor season, which is a season by itself. And so with the pandemic hitting, and us not having a traditional cross country season, which would be going on right now, actually we'd be, you know, pushing towards our regional and our national meets at this point um, in the season, uh, trying to squeeze those into basically the indoor segment, trying to run a cross country season in an indoor season at the same time has been the last thing that we've kind of talked about as a, as a conference. Um, I know I was on a head coaching uh, call um, last week and they were talking about potentially trying to do both at the same time. So again, there's still a lot of uncertainty right now about when, um, you know, when we're going to do our meets and how the schedule is going to work. Are we going to do indoor? Uh, Is it safe to do indoor? Um, Is it safe to do cross country? Um, You know, again, with this pandemic, it's kind of going all over the place. So you don't really know what the next step is going to be. Um, Right now, we kind of have a lot of tentative dates, um, you know, kind of in place. Uh, We kind of have a makeshift schedule. um, But obviously, that's, you know, that's changed three times since I've gotten here. So, um, so again, I can't really, you know, I don't really have too much kind of solid stuff to, to kind of go on, but we have some, some dates that we're kind of working around and, and kind of uh, building around. For you personally, and really for Coach Boone as well, if you look at our staff page, uh, you've got James Hobbs, who's the men's and women's golf coach. You've got the tennis coach who coaches both men's and women's. And then for you and then for volleyball, who has, like you were mentioning, two seasons, you've got an indoor season, then you've got a beach season. You guys have track and field and you have cross country. What's it like coaching two different sports like that and kind of having do you do you have modes that you switch in and out of or is it kind of the same mindset? What's that like? So there, I mean, there's definitely different modes. Um, you know, obviously from my perspective and, 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 and from the distance coach perspective, um, you know, focusing more on the longer stuff during the cross country season. So the women run 5k and 6k, the men run 8k and 10k, um, you know, for kind of going back to our recruiting, like that's a big jump for a lot of these, uh, you know, these, these high school kids that are coming out, right. So they have to jump the, the ladies, not so much, but the men, you know, they're going from 3.1 miles to basically, you know, five miles and six miles, you know, or four miles and, um, you know, four miles and, 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 uh, and six miles. So there is a, uh, there, there is a, a little bit of a push to kind of do things a little bit differently. Obviously, you know, coaching for this is my seventh year I've, I've kind of been able to navigate that but there is a transition there um, you know normally the break happens after the cross-country season and it kind of allows us to focus more on our speed stuff and kind of work more towards track um, things get on the track a little bit more um, and kind of go that way but the events open up at that point and so you know yes I'm not I'm, I'm it looks like I'm just coaching kids to run around the track in a circle but um, you know I, I coach 800 meter runners. I coach 1500 meter runners, mile runners, coach steeple chasers that run the 3000, 5000, 10,000, the DMR. There's all these different events. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of like, you know, if you look at a, a football team, you know, you have the quarterbacks coach and you have the defensive line coach and the linebacker coach. Well, I am all those coaches for all those events. And um, it's even more so on the shoulders of uh, Coach Boone, who coaches throws. So all the different throws, the shot put, the hammer throw, the weight throw, um, the javelin, 
the jumps, the triple jump, the long jump, those are all different things. The sprints, the hurdles, they're all these types of things. So again, it just looks, it looks really easy from the outside, but there's a lot of moving parts and there's different ways you train all those things. You don't train an 800 meter runner the same way you train a 10 K runner. Um, so they have to be doing different things. Um, you know, you have to work different systems in different, you know, in different levels. Um, the same thing in the, you know, in the, in the jumps and all that stuff and the throws and the, every, all those, the sprints, they're all technical events. Most of those are technical events. So you have to work on things, block starts and hurdles and, um, you know, technique and everything. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things. So it's, it's a little bit of a struggle, um, especially with just two full-time coaches. Um, you know, we're allowed to have six, um, six full-time coaches, but obviously, you know, like this program has been successful in the past with, with, with two and, and, um, you know, we'll be successful. We have, we have the programs in really good hands with coach Boone and myself. You were talking about all of the different events and cross country track and field was not something that I grew up knowing about. And then when I got to UAB, when I was an SID there, we filmed and produced the Conference USA Mm -hmm. championships at the Birmingham Crossplex. And that place is amazing. First off, just (laughs) the different things that that place can do. And then when I got here to Jacksonville State, we produced the OVC track and field championships. And just looking at your lanyard, looking at the schedule, there's so many things going on. And uh, there was one day in particular that either there were some events that were uh, lagging behind or some events that were starting, you know, a little bit ahead of time. And we didn't know those schedule changes. And all of a sudden you hear a gunfire and you'd have to jump up and get your camera and <laughs> point it to where you saw people running. Yes. Um, but it, it's, it's very entertaining. I uh, really enjoyed working those and kind of along the same lines with Oxford and somewhat of a recruiting pitch. Tell me about the facilities that we have here, you know, specifically Oxford uh, track and field complex and some of the places that the Gamecocks get to run. Absolutely. Um, this place is a gold mine. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely elated to be here. Um, we have some of the best facilities in the country and look, I've, I've been at schools in the Northeast. I've been at schools in the South and I've been at schools in Florida. So some people don't call Florida the South, but you know, I've been, I've been in a bunch of different places and we have a, a, a really unique setup here. Um, especially for, you know, I'll, I'll talk about my personal events, the distance events, um, having a, you know, essentially a, a practice track here on campus, um, with a big field that we have mowed like a cross country course, um, with a little bit of an incline in the middle of it. I mean, you can't normally have to drive, you know, to places like that. We have that on campus to have a state of the art, uh, strength and conditioning center to have, a, 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 a PT clinic downstairs, um, a state of the art, um, you know, uh, facility for, for our doctors and all that stuff to use. We have that what is it the cryo chamber thing that we have where you got to wear the gloves and the, the, the gorilla shoes and all that <laughs> stuff to go in, you know, like these are all things, um, that like if used correctly, you know, can, can, we'll, we'll, we'll re, you know, results will come. Um, and then on top of that, having, you know, having a good connection with Chocolata Park over in Oxford and, um, you know, having, having uh, use of their facility over there as our competition track and have their, their cross country course over there as our home course. Um, it's, it's awesome here. Um, and, and, you know, everyone here is, 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 works really hard and everyone, you know, takes their job really seriously. And, um, again, you know, if I'm, if I'm a student athlete, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, uh, at, ja- at Jacksonville state university to come here because you, we have everything that you need to be successful. The dynamic between you and coach Boone, coach Boone's been here for a little over a year. He was the assistant coach under Steve Ray. 
And I know he is a very big track-minded guy. It's really caught on here, but Traxonville, yes. his hashtag <laughs> that he's been using. So whenever we refer to track and field, we usually just call it Traxonville. Sometimes we even just call him Coach Traxonville. Of course, yeah. And then you are more of a distance cross-country minded guy. Tell me about that dynamic and how that works out to where you've got two coaches that really balance out each other. Yeah, I mean, let me let me for the record, I love <laughs> track and field. Yeah. Uh, cross country obviously has a has a has a solid place in my heart, but I mean, I love coaching the 800. I love coaching the 1500. I love coaching, you know, if we have an opportunity to run a 4 by 8 or a DMR, I love those. I love all those track events. I love the sprinters and I love the jumpers and I love the throwers and um, you know, I have a passion um, you know, for all those events as well, but um, we we do have a really really good uh, dynamic. Um, between the two of us. Um, we have a really good understanding of, of um, kind of what we do well um, and how we mesh together. Um, we've known each other for a little bit. We've, we've known each other for a few years uh, before this. Um, and I knew when the job opened up and, you know, he reached out to me and all that stuff that this was going to, this could be a really, really good um, partnership uh, to kind of work together. But, uh, you know, we, 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 we vibe together and, and um, you know, again, we, we kind of know how to push each other and, we know the direction that this program needs to go and how to, how to get there. Um, so again, you know, we, we have a good relationship. So looking ahead to the spring, I know we don't have a really hard schedule to look at nothing concrete because this week was the first time we really got to kind of lay eyes on a soccer and volleyball schedule and the basketball schedule is still kind of out there. That's not been approved yet and sent out to everyone, but kind of looking to the spring season when we're going to have all of these sports going on kind of what is the uh, expected start date and things for track and field and cross country what can we look forward to so right now um the talk is um i think we can start january 23rd i think is when our first cross country meet is supposed to be um and then right now we're trying to plan on going um so we'll go the 23rd i don't have a calendar in front of me so that next that next weekend two weeks off then that weekend, two weeks off, conference, um, the conference meet, and then it should be a week off, then regionals, week off, then nationals. And I'm not even sure if uh, regionals is actually going to happen. Um, there's been talks about just taking the conference champions and a bunch of at-large bids. And there's, again, there's a lot of stuff that there's a lot of moving parts right now. And the head coaching call that I was uh, allowed to be on and, and uh, able to be on with, um, with all the other head coaches in the uh, OVC, um, you know, they talked about trying to run uh, an indoor schedule. They, they just mentioned it kind of, hey, this is how this potentially could work. Would we do an indoor schedule, indoor meet? Um, you know, how would we do that? Would we do an east and a west? I mean, there's a lot of what's really unique about track and field coaches is we're pretty we're pretty uh, savvy at trying to, 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 to navigate different issues. Mm -hmm. I know there's some some uh, conferences that have you know, split in half, they've made like an East and a West or a North and a South. And, you know, they've put on two, they're putting on two meets at the same time and they're going to just allow the travel schedules to be a little bit easier. So they're pulling all the people from the East or all the people from the North, or all the people from the South and the, um, the West and everything. Um, you know, they're kind of doing it that way, but obviously we're, we're, as we kind of maneuver, we'll, we'll know a little bit more, but those dates are, are kind of the dates right now that January 23rd, the start of the season. And I think, um, that's kind of changed the March 4th, 5th, we might be the third, we might be the week before that, um, kind of for our conference, uh, cross country championship. That's kind of been that. So, you know, for all those fans out there, you know, as soon as we know something, we will, uh, you know, we'll put it up on our, on our, uh, schedule and, and we'll, we'll let you guys know. 
Well, it's very exciting that you guys are, you have a staff in place. It seems like everything's going really well. We're excited to see how the season goes. Absolutely. Roger, thanks so much for coming on with us this week. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. That'll do it for this week's edition of Behind the Beak. I hope that you and yours are healthy, and I'll talk to you again next week. I'll be back Tuesday with a brand new episode and another guest. For Avery Davis, I'm Tyler Brown saying thank you for listening, and go Gamecocks. This has been Behind the Beak, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Look for new episodes each week or browse the archives on the Apple Podcast app or by visiting jsugamecocksports.com. For more on Jacksonville State Athletics, visit the official website of the Gamecocks, jsugamecocksports.com, and follow JSU on social media by searching at JSU Gamecocks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.